0: Welcome to Hebrews Faith, a podcast focusing on biblical views for being a Christian. My name is Eric Hansen, and I want to thank you for listening in on this episode today. As always, a reminder that any scripture referenced in this episode can also be found in the description and on the blog post. Now if you can and you'd like to, please bow your head with me as we start this episode off with a prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this opportunity to bring us together. So we can share the gospel, share the good news, and discuss exactly why it is important. Also for us to be able to get some ideas as to where and how we can share what you brought us here to do. We ask that you give us the strength, the discernment, and the encouragement to do this in our daily life. And to be able to have that confidence to share with boldness and strength. In Jesus' name we pray for all of this. Amen. Now, last episode, we prayed together for evangelism, for God to give us the strength and wisdom to share the good news with others. But, what is the good news exactly, and why is it important? These topics are what we will be discussing today. The gospel, or good news as it is also often often translated, should be an integral part of every Christian's life. Not only is it Christ-focused and Christ-centered, but it is also Christ's message for us to share with the world. If you know what the gospel is, then that's great. But that's also only a third of the equation. You still have to know how you can present it to a new believer to help encourage them. The even tougher part is how to express it to a non-believer in hopes God softens their heart to his grace and mercy. In order to do this, the gospel needs to be as direct as possible, meaning we don't trim any of the important elements while making it easy for us to deliver quickly. Not to say that we should just go up to 50 random people a day and tell them the gospel, because then you have to ask if it is really something that is fruitful. But we should be able to share the good news in a way that excites us and does not make us sound robotic in doing so. At its core, the gospel is the good news that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins and rise from the dead, providing salvation and eternal life to those who believe in him. That is it. I find it is helpful to remember the most important bullet points, that God sent his son, he died for our sins, and rose again for eternal life for believers. Because if you remember it verbatim, you will not be able to apply it to every situation. For example, you are meeting with a fellow worshipper for breakfast one morning, and they tell you that they are not sure if they are truly saved. They already know why God sent his son and what happened to him. So, in this case, the focal point should be that those who believe have eternal life or are saved. The discussion can be drilled down further from here to help explore why the fellow worshipper feels they are lacking in this area. Another way we can use this knowledge of the gospel to glorify God is to filter our lives through it. Let's say you have a habitual issue of anger. Speaking from experience, I can easily get irritated by little things, for example. This is not an easy sin to work through either. Really, no emotion-driven sin is. This has carried over into my work in various ways and at times my marriage. So what I actively focus on now when I am getting to that point is to ask myself, Is this being said out of love or sin? If it's out of sin, but I still want to say it, I ask, is this really worth nailing Christ to the cross yet again? Once I phrase it this way, I quickly accept that I really should just not say it. Being able to work from home, though, does make it tougher, as I think and type faster than I speak, and so I struggle applying the filter when I'm in a heated discussion. These are great situations for talking with believers or being about believers, but then what about the non-believers? That is where testimonies come in real handy. These will be covered in their own episode, but essentially, non-believers are hardened to God's truth and are in darkness to his light. That is where we need to be able to explore our personal experiences and come to a point of, I went through this, this is how God helped or saved me once I believed. All true believers have a testimony, regardless of how little or big it may seem. I would be lying to you if I said I have shared my testimony with unbelievers, outside of whomever was listening as I spoke. But, if you think back to what it was like for us before becoming a Christian, what was the reason we started believing? Was it because of a difficult situation you saw someone in, and yet they couldn't stop being joyful? Or perhaps your spouse kept inviting you to church with them, and you finally gave in to, quote-unquote, shut them up. Whether that person that introduced you to Jesus Christ gave you a super-long testimony or simply said, hey, let's go to church together, their testimony reflected their faith and it drew you in. But still, the focal point is on the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and trying to demonstrate that whether it is bluntly made known or only God sees it. So far in this episode, we looked at what the gospel or good news is, where God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins and rise from the dead to give believers eternal life. We also looked at some ways we can apply the gospel to our lives, but neither of these really explain just why it's important. Given the TV evangelists that are out there these days, some common questions you may find yourself asking at some point are, Why is eternal life greater than the life that could be built now? Or, how come I can't just make a great life now and let it last for eternity? While these really do require a much deeper discussion outside of this episode, the central concern is, why does the good news matter? For believers, it is because we need to know why we should believe in Jesus Christ. It sounds simple, but if we don't believe in him, then how are we to even say we are a Christian? Luke chapter 3, verses 3 through 17 gives us a clue what sort of authority Jesus has, with an emphasis on verse 17 which says, His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn but the chaff he will burn with a quenchable fire. The gospel helps encourage us as to why we are trying to share such news with others. We should not want to see anyone, friend or foe, be burned with a quenchable fire after all. Even as Proverbs chapter 25 verse 25 says, like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news for a far country. For non-believers, they should want what a believer has. Yet, as we were before believing, they are living to their sins. So if we go to Romans chapter 6 verses 5 through 7, Paul says, For if we have been united with him, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. And A little bit further in that chapter, verse 23, Paul also writes, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is important to note that we shouldn't just let people continue living a sinful life without at least telling them about Christ. Otherwise, their sins are just as much ours. Ezekiel chapter 3 verses 18 and 19 says, If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, in order to save his life, That wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. The question remains, how can they understand why they need a savior? We are that voice of reason when talking to them about it. One last thought, though, as I will be touching on some of these points more in other episodes as well, is that to love is not to condone or to be inclusive. This world and culture we live in is too inclusive, whereas Jesus' ministry and life was exclusive. The only thing that we can say is inclusive about Christianity is that, except for Christ, every man is a sinner. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, that I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. While we should not fret about matters in this world, we should be concerned not only for our own salvation, but those around us. It should also be said, though, that we are not responsible for their salvation. We are only responsible for sharing the good news. In the next episode, we will talk about ways we can share the gospel in different scenarios. Now, if you can and you would like to, please bow your head with me as we end this episode with a prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the listener. And thank you for being able to share the good news, explain what it is, why it is important, and give some tips on how we can start expressing what the good news is to others right away. Give us a strength in the Give us the strength and encouragement to be able to share this with others, be able to discern what we need to share with them and how to deliver it to them so it is fruitful and within your will. As we continue on through our days, through our life, as I that you continue to bolden us and give us more strength, more encouragement, more guidance, and be able to do your will and be able to share the good news with all that we can with Everyone that we can, so that they too can feel your love, your unconditional love, start to feel the warmth from your light. In all of this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, have a blessed seasonal growth.